0: Welcome back to The Real Slim Fatty Show. I'm your host, Fatty Watma, and I'm super excited to have Sarah on with me today, and we're going to talk about some really fun stuff. So welcome to the show, Sarah.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Really quick, before we get into all the fun and exciting stuff, would love to hear your background, kind of you know, who you are, what you do, and then we'll kind of get into it.
1: Okay, well, currently I am a coach for finance and accounting professionals, meaning I work with people to help them basically create more fulfillment, more success, more of all the things that you want in your career, but that maybe you don't think are available to you because it's boring accounting and finance. As far as how I got there, I was a CPA. I actually started my career as a CPA, worked in public accounting for about a decade, went and worked on the industry side at a startup company and then was like i absolutely don't think this is the place for me and i went completely 180 and i actually became an organic farmer for a while and then i went into some other retail businesses and things and then i came back and was like wait a minute i think there's a place for me in the accounting finance world still so i kind of bring a lot of different experiences to the coaching because i've just done so many things met so many different people and just really seen like oh it's kind of fun like there's so many things available to us. There's a lot more involved in doing a good job in accounting and finance and having a life while we do it. Let's make it happen for more people. That's where I
0: that's where I'm coming from. That's, that's pretty hilarious. I have like 7,000 questions after that. First is how, what did you grow? So,
1: we had about 3 acres that we grew and we we were very small scale. Like we sold at farmers markets and we did like the whole walk behind tractor, a kind of a European style, I guess. Um, but we grew mostly vegetables. We tried a few little okay. uh, fruits. Like We had a little orchard. It was kind of, we were like, let's read all the books and do all the things. Not the best way to mm. approach something, just like in any business. You don't want to do all the yeah. things. <laughs> but we yeah. like, were like, let's do chickens and ducks. And we even tried some hogs for a while. So it was just like a, a really great crash course in local food, sustainable farming, all sorts of things. So yeah, it was. we did that for about three years.
0: <laughs> wow. That's actually pretty sweet. (laughs) What made you go from being an accountant? Because being a CPA and accountant, like traditionally to being a CPA or an accountant at a startup are completely different things. So what made you want to make that switch and, and decide to be crazy enough to go into the startup world?
1: Mostly, I thought it was kind of boring, I guess, like just, you know, I I was in an auditor of financial statements. So it was like every year, the same Mm -hmm. things, the same stuff. And I kind of was like, I'm tired of this, but it felt safe. You know, like I was making good money. I was respected. I got my raises and bonuses, all that good stuff. So a former client actually called me one day. and was like, I have this thing. I was like, oh, my gosh, a startup company. This sounds (laughs) exciting. (laughs) It's like, tell me more. And their mission, you know, they're green tech, it was really neat stuff. So I was like, let's go try that. And it was really fun. But it also was just a lot. I actually left after I had my first or my only child. And I was like, Oh, good, I have an excuse. I can leave. Yeah, Because <laughs> I didn't know at the time how to make all the pieces work, which is what I do with people now is like, hey, you don't yeah. have to do what I did. But uh, yeah, it was just the excitement of Doing something that felt like it mattered more. I was like, green tech, save the earth, do stuff with people who care about what they're doing and who are engaged and not be surrounded by accounting people all day, but actually get to work with people in other realms of things as well. That was really what was exciting about that, I think.
0: Did you guys save the world?
1: No, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were just another company out there doing the thing. (laughs) That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. That's exciting. I I, I do think when people think about accounting as a profession, everyone thinks it's boring. And a lot of accountants, what's funny is it is boring. And a lot of accountants are boring, you know, not to be stereotypical. It's a very stereotypical field. But I will say when I meet accountants outside of accounting, they are tremendously dynamic people. And they want to have so much fun and enjoy what they're doing inside inside the office, but also outside the office. Like they want to party, they want to go on vacations. they want to spend time with their families. They want to have all these different hobbies, which is really great. And you know, naturally that feeds into what do people really care about. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily capture for themselves is what do I care about? And when you're working with someone, very important to care about what they care about because that's how you connect with that person you don't just you don't just connect with them at the surface level of accounting like who cares about accounting you know it's it's accounting but yeah. we are all individuals accountants are individuals and having an understanding of what people care about really is a key to being a good person to work with and so i'm sure as your journey of being a coach you have to kind of knock down walls with some clients. I'd I'd love to hear how your process of getting someone to really start cracking that open to figure out who they really are, what that looks like.
1: Honestly, I think it's a it is challenging, like I remember before I left my firm, they brought in some sort of coaching group to talk to us about different things. I remember being like, what's a coach? Like we aren't playing yeah. sports here. Like it was really like a the idea of a coach for the accounting and finance professions just feels kind of foreign still, even though it's becoming more common and normal and very useful. It's cracking that, oh, this is actually useful to me. It's not just a useless, soft skill kind of thing. It's like, oh, I get to actually be the human that I am and do my accounting. That's kind of yeah. fun. So it's, it's a lot of times it's just, well, tell me about yourself Tell me about what you're doing. What is it that's missing in your life? Why do you think you can't enjoy accounting? And then kind of going from there is where a lot of people kind of like, oh, a light bulb goes off that it's not about I'm here to tell you how to do your job better. It's I'm here to tell you how to do your job in a way that lets you have a life and enjoy your work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. When you think of the term or the phrase or whatever, work-life balance What comes to mind?
1: I used to think it was something that we would like work to achieve and that it meant like I work my certain hours and that I have time at home and it was like a quantity thing. Now I'm like, oh, no, it's really more like what do I actually want? What are my priorities in life and work? How do they match up? Where do they make sense? What does that actually look like for me? And then going and creating that because so many people, myself included, We'll go from working 80 hours to 70, down to 60, down to 50, maybe even down to 40 and still feel like we're lacking in every single thing. And like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I can't. I'm just so stressed because it's not the hours that we work. It's not the hours that we have at home even. It's how we spend them, what we do with them and what meaning we find in them. So for me, that's become much more of the focus of balance is do you enjoy the time that you do have at home? Can you unplug? Can you separate? and while you're at work are you fully engaged are you doing stuff you enjoy are you paying attention to what you're doing or what most people seem to say is i'm just going through the motions both at work and at home and that doesn't feel balanced at all other than everything is out of balance which
0: yeah this is the flip side <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great way to put it when i think of work life balance i i've always thought it was kind of a joke you know really like when people think oh i have work life balance like what does that even mean like You go and work, and then you work the exact same amount of time you live your life. Like, that's not true. You work eight to nine hours a day, and you're with your family four to six hours a day when you're not sleeping. So, being accountants, being finance people, you know, we look at the numbers and and the numbers just don't equate. And then, when you're too on the weekends, if you're too exhausted or run down, or, you know, I genuinely don't think it's a matter of being tired. I think it's a matter of losing motivation and losing passion. Because if you don't have passion for your personal life or your professional life, does not matter if you're working one hour or 30 hours, it will be the same because you're not passionate about it. You're not motivated about it. And people always say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. And I used to be one of those people until I was like, you know what? It's not I don't have time. It's This is not a priority for me you are not a priority to hang out with. You know, a lot of real maturing happens when you can actually tell people, no, I don't want to go and do that thing because it's not a priority for me to go out and stay up late. And then it's going to affect my next day. It's going to do this, or I'm going to do something else. And so I genuinely think work-life balance in general is is kind of a big hoax. I think people think about work-life balance as like something that's nirvana, but it's it's not. You need to care about your personal life as much as you do about pr- your professional life and draw boundaries between the two. I've been someone who's horrible at drawing boundaries between the two. I mean, obviously, when you start a tech company, like you don't get to have a work-life balance. A lot of people think that they can run their family and have all the time with their kids and all this kind of stuff. Like, You can. You can run a lifestyle tech company, but you're not going to go on the path of a rocket ship type company if you're not giving all of yourself into it. And I think people just need to be honest with themselves. Like, what type of life do you want? What type of career do you want? What type of profession do you want? Are you going after? Because I think that really is the key to unlocking whatever this work-life balance that everyone keeps talking about, right?
1: Yeah, I think there's, like, I would argue you could potentially build your business while having work-life balance, but maybe that balance isn't what you think it's supposed to be by other people's standards. Maybe that balance is like, oh, no, like I put in 80 hours a week, but when I'm home with my family, I am 100% with them. Great. If that's how you define it, then you have working with balance in your mind and how (laughs) good. But if you're thinking it should be something else, then yeah, you're going to think it sucks the whole time and be fighting it and feel like your company's bringing you down. I'll even say like, I always use this as an example because it really opened my eyes and I thought it was so confusing, but my... I don't know, one of my last couple of busy seasons um, when I was still in an accounting firm, I was like, this sucks, I want to quit. And the partner was like, but why? You're so good at everything. I was like, because I'm miserable. <laughs> and she's like, well, what can we do to make you stay? I was like, I don't know. I'd like to go take some art classes at the local community college. Can we do that? And they're like, sure, tell us what you want. Yeah. So I like worked my full busy season. I took three art classes and I started dating someone and who I ended up marrying. And wow. it was like- the best busy season I'd ever had. Like, I managed all my clients. I kept up with everything. I had so much energy. I, I worked out, too. Like, I'm like, I fit it all in. <laughs> and I had a wonderful life because I kind of sh- yeah. basically just shifted what was my expectation. It wasn't that I would have hours a certain way or work these certain hours, you know, in this chunk. It was, yeah. I decide what the rules for my life are now. And it I mean, I just completely turned everything upside down and I loved it. I still left, but... <laughs> It, was, it took me another couple of years to leave.
0: <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Did you did you meet your significant other in the art class?
1: No, we actually worked together.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, I, it would have been the cherry on the top of that story if you met that. That's that, true. Yeah, that your person in the in the art class, but that's actually great. Yeah, I love that. I I think one of the most important things there is like you have to be able to speak up about what you want. I think, you know, first is like understanding it, but the second is, and it always drove me crazy whenever I worked with people and then they'll leave and be like, I was miserable. I'm like, you never opened your mouth. You know, yeah. I've I've asked you and other people have asked you how you're doing. And the answer is always, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But suffering in silence does no one any good. And literally no one can help you if you're not speaking up personally or professionally. And I think that's the, that's the key for me. It's, there's no division between personal and professional for right or for wrong. Like I genuinely think that you are who you are and you, you you run your life the way that you run your life personally and professionally all, all in the same. And if you're not voicing your concerns, voicing your pains to your partner, to your children, to your parents, to your brothers, sisters, whatever it is, how the hell are they going to know? You know, no, we're not we're not all mind readers, and everyone goes through their own their own stuff. So really voicing how you feel goes a long way. And it's not a show it's not a show of weakness,
1: no, not at all. And that's something that I work with a lot of people on is that developing that trust with yourself and that safety with the people in your life that you can say those things because, I mean, most of it comes from within. like you you know, yep. you can work in a company that's like, we have authenticity and vulnerability and truth in our company. <laughs> but, you know, when you actually open your mouth, you are like, oh, no, 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 we're not ready to go there yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you're
1: comfortable with it and you're ready for whatever comes from when you open your mouth, it's much easier to make that progress and create the things for yourself for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I can't stand companies that come. We're a family. We're a family. You're not a family. You when 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 times get tough... You're going to lay off a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you're not a family. You're a business and you work with each other and your employees and, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Can't stand companies that do that.
1: No. I, what I think of when I hear that is, and there's a lot of really dysfunctional families and people come yeah. to me and complain about their families. So let's not be a family here. This is, what yeah, you Get right? away from it all.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, one thing, one thing that I always, Cause I mentor and I love being a mentor and I love being a mentee. You know, I, I have a mentor uh, throughout my entire career. I've always sought out mentorship. One of my favorite things that I ever had in my head was one of my mentors earlier on in my career when I was so, so I used to work for Boeing when I was so unhappy. With my job, I was getting paid. I think my salary was like fifty-five thousand dollars a year. It was my second year at the company. They moved me out to Seattle. I was doing some unbelievable things, but I was working nonstop and I was miserable. I was like, "This is this is. I deserve so much more, and I should be making a promotion and getting that." And it was funny. I sat with my boss, who he was a VP, so we he he shouldn't have even have been a direct manager. And I explained to him because he was the best boss I've ever had in my life. And I explained to him my unhappiness. And he goes, listen, fatty, if you want to leave, imagine a bucket of water and stick your hand in it and pull your hand out. The amount of time that those ripples take to dissipate will be how long Boeing will care if you left. And he didn't say it in like a threatening Boeing type way. He did it as a mentor of, listen, listen, you may be so unhappy, but this company does not care if you stay or you leave. So chill out, like enjoy what you're doing, take it for what it's worth and just work. You know, don't put your entire life into it. And that was really one of those career shifting pieces of advice that I ever got. I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should chill out. Like it's Boeing, you know, they're going to, they're going to move forward with me or without me and it doesn't matter if i'm working 90 hours or i'm working 40 hours like they're still going to be there. And i think that was mind shifting for me.
1: Yeah, it knowing that it's like so many of us are driven by it. we don't want to let someone down or there's this pressure yeah. to keep going because we said we would, which great, like i'm all for like follow through on your word, etc., but if you're doing it because you're just trying to make someone happy or check a box or fit into some idea that you haven't even tested, maybe that ripple is exactly what you needed to be like, yeah, oh, yeah. why am I here? Is there like something bigger that I'm working toward? Great. I'm going to be fine with working so much because I have a good reason for it. But if not, yeah, leave, change what you do, all the things.
0: For sure. Yeah. It's funny how people get so worked up about stuff that's out of their control completely out of their control. Like I was, right? I I'm not a patient person. If anyone knows me personally, they know I'm I'm not a patient person at all. And I would get so worked up about all these things that were out of my control. They weren't in my influence of control. And one of one of the things that I learned early on in my career is you need to draw your influence of control. And the biggest thing that you can control is your attitude. Yeah. Anything that's outside of your attitude, you probably can't control. You have an illusion of control. You can think that you have an effect on anything else in your life completely. But the number one thing you will have 100% control on is your attitude and how you react to certain things that happen. And that's what dictates the future of your life. It's not anything else.
1: Yeah, we. I think the the biggest thing we are like, oh, I want to control other people. I want to make them do certain things. And we have this like, it should be like this. And when we start thinking like that, like that's like anytime you hear the word should in your brain, be like, Yeah, wait, I'm shitting on myself. What am I doing here? There's something yeah. missing. Like, what is the thing? <laughs> so you want to solve yeah. that because yeah, that attachment to how things should be just makes so many of us so miserable because we're resisting that instead of working on what we can actually do.
0: Which Yeah. It affects, you know, all the people around you too. Because I mean, I'm sure Literally, every single person in their mind, when they think of someone negative, they always immediately have someone in their mindset. They're like, oh my gosh, this person is the most negative person. You never want to, no one in the history of anyone has ever wanted to hang out with a negative person. Yeah. Everyone wants to be around positivity. Even if you're a negative person, you strive to be around positive people. You don't want to sit there, you know, misery loves company, as they say. But if you're a negative person and you're miserable, you don't want to be with a miserable person. You want to be with other people that can hopefully give you some sort of guideline on what positivity could do for your life. And there are way too many negative people in this world. There's enough negativity around us. Like, why the hell are, why are are people negative? You know, like, and that's a choice. It really is a choice. I don't think it's anything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless you might, you know, there are medical conditions. There's mental health diagnoses that might make you negative. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, it's it really is a choice. You have so much control. And I also will say, because (laughs) I'm like, because of my coach brain, (laughs) (laughs) the world, you know, we do have negative emotions. Like, we don't want to say no negative emotions allowed here. Because sometimes you do want to get angry and you want to be frustrated and you want to vent. And like, of course, you should be angry about something and have a negative reaction. Like, that's normal. And I think so many times we beat ourselves up thinking, well, you know. I'm not allowed to dislike this because then I won't be positive about it. I don't want to be negative Nelly about this. But (laughs) if you're finding that you're always negative, yeah, that might be a pattern you want to break.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that's a key distinction, right? There's positive mindset, but then there's those people that are fake positive. I I cannot stand those types of people who are like, oh, everything's all good. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. (laughs) It's not all good. (laughs) You You should not be this happy all the time there's probably something wrong with you if you are this happy all the time but you know every person has bad days right i'm I'm, by no means am i trying to discredit that but like everyone has bad days but at the end of the day when you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like yeah i'm i'm taking things the way that i could in a positive light Mm -hmm. that's the difference whereas you at the end of the day you take inventory on what interactions you had and been like man i was a real you know, piece of work in this situation and I shouldn't have been or I didn't need to be. That's really one of the biggest differences.
1: Yeah, always learn from whatever you're going through. Like things don't happen for no reason, or at least I believe that. Like everything happens for us. And when I can go, okay, yeah. this really sucked. It made me angry. I really am a- like just want to punch this person in the face. But yeah. here's what I can take from this and I can learn either something about myself or see where I I missed something and I can do different things next time, there's growth to be had from this. That always helps.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a a phenomenal point. You know, people always say, why did this happen to me? Why me, why me, why me? me?" It's like, because did you learn from the last time it happened? Did you, you know, I always say, lessons observed versus lessons learned. Mm -hmm. And if you have lessons learned, you're probably not gonna do that again. If you have lessons observed, that means you're probably going through the same thing multiple, multiple, multiple times. Then it's a lesson observed. You can't say that it's a lesson learned. You've been through something and you'll never go through it again. If you're not learning from it, you're screwing yourself 10 times over for the exact same reason.
1: And I think you know what you're, what you're describing is basically like, am I being a victim more often than the hero? Like, what yeah. why do I change this? Because when stuff yeah. happens to us, it's like we're stuck, we have no control. Like, poor me. It doesn't give you anywhere to go. And I think a lot of us are probably victims in that whole work-life balance thing. Like, you know, this is just the way it is. I'm not allowed to have life. Or or a lot of women, I think, struggle with, oh, you know, I can't really rise up in the company because I have kids and I have to do the things. You don't actually yeah. have to. You you do get to choose that. And I always think that's yeah. extremely important to see. Like, we do get to choose. And even if we don't realize we're choosing, we're still choosing. And that. That always just frees up a lot of the brain like, oh, I don't want to abandon these people. Okay. I'm a little more on board now. I can create this balance now. Back back to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I always say people, are never, people never do something that they don't want to do. And I'm sure there are some certain aspects, you know, some certain situations where people are legitimately forced to do stuff that they don't, they don't want to do. But in day-to-day life, there's always choices. And like you said, if you can either choose to do something or you can choose not to, but at the end of the day, that's a choice. How you interact with people, how you change people. And I always tell my team, have you have you heard of the rule of 18, 18 minutes? So if so. you do something every day for 18 minutes, you're like above, you're like the 1% that has done that thing above Everyone else in the world for that special skill set. Like, if you lift weights for 18 minutes a day, you've lifted weights more than like 99% of the population in the world because you did it for 18 minutes. And so, a lot of people think that these little things don't add up, but like little things really do add up. And I always tell my team when you say you're finished drinking a soda or a, a can or whatever, pop or whatever. When you're done with that can, putting it on the table next to you versus getting up right away and throwing it away. People think that's a very small thing, but that's a significant thing. When and I always tell my team, now when I finish doing something, I don't just put it to the side and oh, I'll get to it later, or I'll go and do this, or when I get up after this commercial, or after the when that goes to commercial, then I'll go. But tricking the mind and changing the mind to I'm going to do this right now because it's top of mind and I'm just I'm going to I'm going to have the discipline to do it exactly right now. And I always say like why wait for tomorrow of what could be done today? And it's not a day thing. I think it's a second thing. I think it's a minute thing. Like why would you wait something for 10 in 10 minutes when you can literally do it right now? Go throw that thing away. Go and put your dish in the sink in the dishwasher. Rinse your thing. Don't put the pot to soak. There's no such thing as soaking a pot in for overnight for you know whatever meal you made. Like, do the things that you need to do right now, and it'll change the discipline of your entire outlook. And I think that's super powerful.
1: It totally is. I mean, so many of us are like, it's like making decisions. It's like I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna ponder it. I'm gonna maybe consider yeah. it. I'm gonna think about thinking about it. Instead yeah. of you could just do it. You already know you're going to do it. Why not just do it? See it through. Become the person who follows through, who makes a decision, takes action, makes another decision, takes action. Because our brains aren't made to hold on to information. They're made to process and do. So when you're like, I'm just going to set this aside and like all this stuff piles up, all of a sudden we're totally overwhelmed. Like, oh, there's so much work around me. There are all these little things I have to finish and I don't know which one to do. I guess I'll have to work late to figure it out. And then.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a real thing. That's a, that's a very real thing. And a lot of people literally overwhelm themselves unnecessarily just by letting all the little things pile up. Yeah. Well, I, I love this conversation, Sarah. I'm very gracious and thankful for you joining. And please tell people how they can find you, where they can find you, and how they can learn more about you.
1: Sure. You can find me on my website, which is sarahnemechek.com. And it's Sarah with an H and it's N-E-M-E-C-E-K. Also, I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. I'm always pretty active over there. And I have my own podcast, The Fulfilled Accountant. If you're missing out on life as an accountant and want to talk more about the mindset stuff, that's where you want to (laughs) go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely go check out Sarah's podcast. That's how we connected. I literally listened to the podcast and I was like, you know what? I need to have her on The Real Slim Fatty Show. Thank you so much, Sarah yeah thanks for having
1: me this was fun
0: yeah absolutely and and thank you everyone for tuning in on the real slim fatty show i'm your host fatty hawatma and we will catch you next time